This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Back of the Nest Preview Show. Sponsored by PitchSport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest preview and once again joint match report podcast. This week Eskif and Albert assist me in reviewing the well-earned point against Manchester United and previewing this weekend's clash against the resurgent Spurs. This show is sponsored by Manscaped. Head over to manscaped.com and use BOTN at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes, welcome everybody to the show. Uh, no Hambo this week, but we will be doing the match report and looking back briefly, albeit over the nil-nil against Manchester United and then looking ahead to Spurs and helping me do that is Sam Heskiff. Welcome. Thank you very much. How's it going? Uh, good, good, good. And Albert Curley, uh, 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 or should we say hungover Albert Curley? Yes. Heart, yes. Feeling good though. Um, Feeling good. Yeah, my ears are really warm. But that might be that might be the headphones. <laughs> it might be. Okay, well I think you might need this then. Damn. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I'm gonna leave you three to it, man. Yes, time for beer check. I I I mean, guys, all I've got is a beer of Moretti. It's um basically what it is is that I only drink free beer now. (laughs) 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 And uh, no, so obviously not. I've just get round to order January. So at the moment I'm drinking the shit that we put in the fridge for people when they come round. Oh, I like a Moretti. Yeah, I like a Moretti too. It it all makes sense now, last time I came round. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus, that was so long ago now. (laughs) Um, Oh, so Albert, you're hungover, but... Hair of the dog kind of scenario. Hair of the dog. I mean, I didn't drink. I didn't drink a lot of beer. I ran out of beer um, last night. I was on a on a virtual social, and the beers went quite quick. Um, so I ended up on the gin, uh, and then ran out of tonic, but still had 
gin to burn. So the only the only thing I could scrabble out the back of the fridge was a can of sparkling Rubicon. Uh, <laughs> so I ended up having like a, a double gin and Rubicon, which you know it, it took me back to the sort of tiny rebel sort of vibes. You know, it was it was <laughs> fruity and boozy and quite bougie. Uh, Call it a Rubicon. Con. Does that work? No, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> but I, it, it did. It did make me think of you. I thought it's it's gin and mango. Like it's got fucking Terence written all over it. <laughs> well, that'll be the last game of the season. Then we'll we'll start doing that. Um, right, Hesky. If you're drinking Asahi, I see. I am. Good job. I'm drinking Asahi, and I've got a pint of water, <sighs> so I don't end up like Albert. I was um it reminds me of that episode of Absolutely Fabulous um when she Jennifer Saunders says starts talking about water and Patsy's like what's water and she's like it's a mixer darling you put it with whiskey <laughs> <laughs> but um right we're going to start this week with the new inv- we've got a new investor now this is sort of come out of the blue there doesn't appear to be any sort of article around it and a guy called Robert Franco has invested five million and is now listed as a person with interest in the club. Um, he's listed alongside Parish, Harris, Blitzer, Prance, Vixen, Comic, Cupid, Donna, etc. <laughs> he's he's been listed with Parish, Harris, and Blitzer. Um, if this has come out of nowhere, and I'm, I'm not really sure what a five million investment in a Premier League club does. Yeah, same. I'm not. I'm not really up on stocks and shares and all that sort of thing. Dr. seems to be the man for that. For that, with all the GameStop vibes. Um, but yeah, I, re- I read it this morning about about this African bloke, and the consensus from what I read seemed to be that it was sort of like an opening outlay because, men- you know, men- mental as it seems to say, it sounds to say this, but like five million quid is nothing in football. So. Some people seem to think it's like the start of something. It's bound to be bigger investment. Um, but the five million gets your name on the website, I suppose. Hmm. So, I mean, once upon a time, Albert, this could have got you almost two Valerian Ishmaels. Just, just well, slightly short. How times have changed. Or, you know, a couple of Adiakin buys as well. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the list could go on here. Sort of. Uh, I mean, do we know two, anything else? Two, Go on. Okay, go on. Do, do we know anything else about? Do we know anything else about him? Do we like him? Is he's is he, he got some fingers in nefarious pies? There's not. There's not much online about him. Oh, so, oh. Uh, I, I found his name listed on one website where everyone on the board has got a picture except him. Uh, so a minute. it's not old. Who was the who was the guy that Jerry Lim? Yeah, it's not, it's not Jerry Lim Mark Two, is it? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Wow, well remembered. I, that, I'd completely forgotten about that until you just said it. Wow. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, five million pounds just to get your name on a website seems a bit, bit of a stretch. I'd rather have my name on a website than spend five million pound on Jordan Much. I'll say that for one hundred and thirty quid, he could have got his name as a founding member of the academy. You know, like he's... <laughs> could get a brick in the wall for that. Yeah, I was going to say hundred quid brick in the wall. <laughs> I wonder what they're going to do with their bricks in the wall when that main stand comes down. Do you think they'll make a sort of feature of it? Do you think it's listed? <laughs> they can't preserve it. <laughs> can't preserve it. Mm, they didn't preserve the mural. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, well, there's good reasons why. 
Who was on it? Who was sorry? Who was meant to be on it? Well, wasn't it the didn't they do the team of the century and then put them up there? Didn't they? But this is also the team of the century that the fans voted to be managed by Ian Dowie. I was going to say Dowie's on there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Somehow they've made Dowie look even more horrendous (laughs) in real life. I mean, that is an impressive feat. Yeah. Just as as the weather really started to affect it, Dowie just started to look better though. Weirdly, <laughs> got better got better with weathered age. Um, yeah, so we'll, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what comes of that. But I mean, Robert Franco sounds like sounds he sounds like a gangster or something. It's a, not sure. It's a made up, it's a made up name. <laughs> mm, we'll have to see. Maybe it is just Jordan Much coming back to um, seek some revenge on us for never playing him. I know. Talking about someone who never really plays, but has probably been playing too much or not. Who knows? We'll get into that later. Christian Benteke. Uh, Heskiff, do you want to talk about his World Book Day post? Yeah, so I, I, apparently it's World Book Day today. And the only reason I know that is because Christian Benteke tweeted a mocked up picture of a book. And on the front cover is him being uh, cuddled by Gyro and, and Tyre Mitchell. Um, saying how to beat your rivals with only two touches in their box. Uh, and uh, he tweeted that out saying, World Book Day, with some crying with laughter emojis. So weeks later, he's still he's still giving it to Brighton, which I quite like. Again, as always, I, I like the idea of Christian Benteke sitting in front of a computer mocking this up on Photoshop. Um, <laughs> I he was here. It's impressive that he knew it was World Book Day. I, I mean, I can vouch it was World Book Day today. We had lots of online activities. My son's school I had to dress up as a character. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, but um, Arthur wanted to go as Farmer Bean. <clears throat> and as you know, if like I say, if you're familiar with the story, Farmer Bean shoots off Fantastic Mr. Fox's tail and wears it as like a trophy. So we had to like find like a fox's tail Whereas a prop, and my missus did some googling and ended up she she found a great great little miniature fox's tail, but unfortunately it was attached to yeah that's him. Unfortunately, the little fox's tail was um, attached to a butt plug. <laughs> I was wondering why you were sitting there so uncomfortably. No, 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 no. We didn't get it. Obviously, <laughs> it was it was second hand, so. <laughs> so we had, to, we had to look elsewhere but um yeah that's my world book day story <laughs> second hand um is that a good place to insert the manscaped hashtag plug I mean, it's a bit, <laughs> bit, bit too far round, isn't it to be honest and the, the fox tail would probably end up getting in the way <laughs> oh Trust Albert to lower the tone. What a disgrace. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something that would have been really inappropriate here. Brighton have removed the seagull from their crest for um, World Wildlife Day, Albert. Everyone's getting on board with all these world days. So in solidarity of wildlife, they removed the seagull from the crest. Can you make head nor tail of that, Albert? What? <laughs> I'm, a bit, I'm a bit hungover. When you say they removed it, uh, for how long? It's not on the crest anymore. Or it'll just be back there tomorrow. What just, did they just for, for World Wildlife Day for one day? Just on their social media, they That's had um, screams like the, em- the emptiest gesture in the world. We're going to remove something from something that we'll just whack it back on the next day. Doesn't 
if it was on a shirt, if they had a game today and they had to make new badges. The... Yeah, this this was literally it. Just uh, the seagull so, gone from their crest. The blue circle. I've got to be honest. I've never, I mean, who wants to be represented by a seagull? That's like, the thing. You're doing yourself a favour by taking it off. Yeah. It's a pest. Everyone hates it. It's a shit bird. It nicks your chips. That's about all yeah. I know it does. It's got an annoying noise. Yeah. So you're, you're better off without it. They hover. They hover in midair, not going anywhere. So do seagulls. Uh, that was <laughs> um, yeah. Well, good luck to them. Well done, Brighton. Two one. Unlucky. In, in your in your head, there, Albert. The the xg of that joke was very high, but it it didn't deliver. Yeah, I had a lot of possession there, but just <laughs> just, just really couldn't finish it. <laughs> yeah, but what was kind of funny about the post is that. Um, it immediately started getting loads of abuse and people like pointing out the sort of, you know, is this really supporting wildlife by removing it completely from your badge and whatever. And they just started hiding people's replies, which just drew loads of attention to the post that, um, yeah, you don't, they're not, not helping themselves on and off the field at the moment. The, the expected goals champions of the world. Um, unfortunately on social media post the Manchester United game last night PVA got some racist abuse on Instagram and has tweeted this and said you know this this is why we nil um, weird one has here because uh, I, I don't know if you saw a lot of people um, ended up following it up saying you know this isn't the, the guy's not a Palace fan and he was abusing him over a bet that he lost because PVA missed the chance which would have been offside anyway so doesn't really know where he's coming from there. But not the first time he's done it. His username was synonymous with other racist posts throughout the years. So a bit annoying that it, uh, still social media is not doing, even though it makes not much of a difference, they can just start another account, but they're not even doing the tokens of um, banning accounts that are doing it now. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that Wilf was talking about a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about not taking the knee um in that it's sort of a bit of a performative thing because actually nothing is getting done by social media companies and the like um and like you say i mean they yeah they could start a new a new account and carry on doing it but i think it's it's that you get these messages from the company saying oh yeah we're going to crack down on it and really nothing happens and it's the people who get abuse that continue to suffer and like you say it seems like this bloke has been doing it for ages to players of teams all over the league. Um, and it's just continues to do it and, and has no repercussions. So hopefully something will happen to him um, as a result and crackdowns can actually start somehow. Mm. The most ludicrous thing about the message was that he was accusing of being a shit footballer whilst complaining to him that he didn't score because he had a bet on him to score. Um Kind of a weird, weird predict- um, perspective on a shit footballer that you bet actual money on him to score. But there you go. Um, right, so let's get into talking about Manchester United now. Um, Albert, you you just didn't watch the game, <laughs> or what? Or, 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 or it was on. It was on, but I can't say I I was following it. And even if I was following it. I was up till about one in the morning drinking, so I probably wouldn't remember much of it anyway. Let's, I might, do you know what? I might have seen it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so the game started, um, well, an hour before the game when they announced the lineup. Um, it looks, it looked, it looked like a four, a four, five, one, four, three, three on paper, Albert, because um, 
for for all of the life money, we thought Ben Teke was going to start up top on his own. But IU played alongside him in four four two. Does that sort of thing surprise you against United that you know? Um, it's, it looks more attacking against United than perhaps we would we were looking against Fulham. Yeah, I'll, I'll make you right there. It's it's certainly on paper shows more intent in a game where we expect you know don't expect much out of it. But you know maybe that's Roy throwing caution to the wind and thinking, well, why not? We might as well have a go. Um, it was when I saw Gyro on the bench and James McCarthy on the pitch. That's probably when I the drinking really started for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, like again, you could say Roy, Roy's Roy surprised us all there in a in a, his own little way. So again, you have to kind of doff the cap to him, especially when you look at the result we got. Yeah, I feel I feel like Roy's starting to get a little bit the swagger about him at the moment. Like he's feeling good about the way things are going. We'll, we'll get into that a bit more. Um, you touched on James McCarthy there. Uh, Al Heskiff, sorry, I, th- I thought he did all right. He had a decent game before he went off injured. He was he was not terrible. Yeah, I, I actually I said the same when when he went off injured. I said that you know he, he's actually had an all right game, but he's just made a glass. Like it, it's not a surprise at all that he went off carrying a knock. Um, there was a point where I think it was Gary Neville in commentary was like, "I wish James McCarthy would pass the ball forward," which is something I think we've all been saying for the year and a half or whatever it is that he's been here, but. Yeah, he, he he shielded the defence pretty well, I thought. Um, there was only sort of one time where you could remember Man United sort of getting through the lines and, and having a shot when Rashford hit the ball just wide. So, I mean, it's a pretty good look for the for the two midfielders to, you know, stop them having any, any real chance of a note other than that. Yeah, and alongside him, um, another good performance for Luca. Um Albert, he's clocking up good performances here. Is are we going to start seeing him back to his best? Has he had more good performances than yellow cards? Because <laughs> when he when he starts hitting those numbers, then then we can we can get real. Did he get booked last yeah. night? No, he didn't. Oh, fair play. Let, let's talk about that, um, Heskiff, because that the, when you look at the stats, the the foul counts between the two sides was vast it wasn't even um remotely close um I'm, i sort of wrote this down i'm just quickly pulling it up but uh Ma- manchester united fouled us significantly more times than we fouled them um in, in a total of uh god this is hard to pick up I, I, <laughs> I can't find it but it was something like 15 16 fouls to al4 yeah across the across the 90 minutes um not a single booking for United, even though Bruno Fernandes made somewhere around, you know, 40% of the fouls that Manchester United committed. No yellow. Yeah. Again, I, I said this when we were watching it, you know, with Fernandes, I thought Fred as well was, had a couple of fouls, was mouthing off all the time. You're like, surely, just cumulatively, it, these guys should be getting yellow card, even if it's not for like a foul in particular. Um, but yeah, it was noticeable that they that they were fouling us quite a bit. Um, but I think the the only booking was Gyro, wasn't it, near the end, yeah. uh, which was which was uh, pretty laughable. Man United of old. Uh, Solskjaer wasn't moaning about that uh, like he was <laughs> against him a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, and what was what was interesting about it? And I, I actually credit credit to Man United here because it was kind of smart what they did. They stopped our counter attacks very early. 
So all of their fouls, all of these cynical fouls that were happening were deep in our own half. So it was sort of before we could break out and actually start to look dangerous. And the only time that I thought it actually, you know, really, really did look like a, that should have been a booking out on his own was two fouls, which was Bruno Fernandes, his very first one after Joel Ward went straight through Luke Shaw with like a proper old school challenge, completely fair, but, you know, took him out. And then immediately after that, and kind of begrudgingly respects Bruno Fernandez for it. The, the next phase of play went straight through Joel Ward as a "you go through my teammate, I'll go through your teammate" kind of scenario. So there was that one, and there was another one when ball was played into Benteke, and I think it was um, Fred this time. Benteke was trying to turn it around the corner to Eze, but all, uh, all the rest of them were all just very smart, niggly fouls deep in our own half, and it really slowed us down and didn't allow us to turn them around. So. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It looked like it must have been a something, something that they um, planned to do in the build-up to the game. But um, good start from us. A um, couple of crosses into the box, which Benteke got on the end of. Um, skied skied a volley, um, but yeah, it was the most, it was the most positive start we've had in any game recently. I mean, to actually getting shots off in the first ten minutes. So I didn't. I didn't quite know what I was watching. Yeah, I was I was sort of expecting it to be the like, well, we've had our good five minute spell early on and now we're just gonna camp in our, you know, the edge of our box for the rest of the game. But yeah, like you say, like you said a bit earlier, it, it, it was sort of the performance, more of a performance you'd think we'd have against Fulham, where you just go at them, you know, be positive, get balls into the box, let let Benteke have a sort of few sights on goal. Uh, it was just weird that it was against Man U, whose away record is really good and who are in pretty good form. Um, but it was, yeah, it was positive and it was it was promising. And I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't want to be too negative. It is a sort of thing like you wish that we'd have done it in the games against like a Burnley or or a Fulham, um, because we know that we're sort of capable of it. Second half was a bit different because I couldn't see the fog, so there were times where the ball sort of went to Andros in our half and then either appeared on the other side or came back with a Man United player on the end of it. So a bit harder to tell on that. But yeah, it was a, it was a, good, it was a good start at the beginning and of the first half. And it's just a shame we weren't able to capitalise early on because I think we could have... Sounds fine to say this afterwards, but I think we could have picked them off for a few more if we'd have got an early one. Yeah, they they were. Oh, you, you also, it could have woken them up and slapped them into life. So you don't you don't know which way around it's going to be. But yeah, they were they were really rocky at the start. Gave the ball away a lot in very dangerous areas for us, but didn't take advantage. And then um, May May night had had what turned out to be really their only bit of sustained pressure for the game for about ten minutes, and um, ultimately led with a shot for Rashford that he dragged wide that he probably should have done better on. But then. <laughs> Nemanja Matic, Albert, he um, scored that goal from range against us to turn around the 2-0 to win 3-2 a couple of years yeah, back. Still not over that. <laughs> let, let fly from range again, but this time, I'm sure you've seen the steals of Guaita tipping it over the bar out of the top corner. Fantastic save from Vinny. Surprised that he's keeping us in game still? No, absolutely not. No, he's... He, he's um, I mean, he's just brilliant. He's phenomenal. And, you know, saves like that, you know, it's a point against United is a, is a good result. You know, because I, I can't say I saw the performance. We might have just clearly deserved to win it. I don't know, but again, as you said to me yesterday, before kickoff, would you take a nil nil? I'd obviously bitten your hand off, and 
you know, if you're gonna get a if you're gonna get a nil nil, you need you need your goalkeeper to be doing you know pulling off saves like that. And he does it in more games than he doesn't do it. So it's 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 so nice to, after after having a real choppy sort of goalkeeping scenario for a few years to to sort of not have to worry about that at all. Um, is is constantly reassuring. Yeah, it was. Um, it turned out to be their only shot on target. United as well, so we actually outshot them on target. With we had two and they had one. So, I think um, Sky and BT Sport are going to start passing on our games soon enough. It's just going to be um, <laughs> it's going to be on Channel Five or something. <laughs> it's the only ones who are going to take our games in the Quest. In the future. We're going to go on, but, um, go on yeah. Quest with the Carling <laughs> Cup. <laughs> Um, but I'd, in my notes here, I've just gone, Man United just fell apart after that. It was funny, but they was talking about Gary Neville on commentary was saying, you know, Ollie's got to get into get into them at half time and have them come out fired up for the second half and get going. It just just did not happen. And then this is when Roy Ball can function at his best, and perhaps that was, we're seeing a, a resurgence of Roy Ball at the moment because as it's stay in game, stay in games and Nick on one nil, if you think back before the first lockdown, um, we won those three one nils on the bounce and um, you know, that, that's that's basically what he's trying to do. And now, you know, um, we've kept as many clean sheets in 2021 as we did in 2020 now. So, which is a crazy stat. We've kept five now. We kept five in the entirety of last year. So, you know, that we're getting we're getting our Roy Ball swagger back in that sense. <laughs> so so why saying Roy's got a bit of swagger back, you know, keep and we can win those games. We do we can win those tight games because we do have the forwards that can turn on moments of quality at times. And um yeah, I mean we just uh, Roy said it after the game. I think a lot of us was thinking the same thing that we just lacked a bit of composure in front of goal. Um and not just necessarily strikers, um the final balls as well. If you think uh Ben Teke, it looks like he snapped at a chance, Heskiff, uh, when Ayu done well down the right and cut it back to him. But um, probably a bit harsh on Ben Teke on second viewing. Yeah, I think, and it's been the case with quite a, quite a few of our passes this season where we just seem to sort of smash the ball at each other. Um, and well, yeah, look, Ben Teke probably should have done a bit better. And it never looks good when you swing and it hits your standing leg and goes backwards. It's not... It's, it's not the, the the best look for your technique. That's what I was expecting him to do when the cross came in against Brighton. Brighton yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you no, know, weirdly, weirdly, I didn't. No, no, they say they say in sports like the world, the world class sportsmen visualize something when, before it happens. So when they see a cross coming over, like they see the connection, they see the route that it needs to take, and it all just sort of happens. And weirdly, when that cross came over to Ben Second at Brighton game. I saw him volleying it perfectly into the bottom corner before are it you, happened. Are you calling yourself a world-class sportsman? I'm calling myself a world-class watcher of sports. <laughs> no. It was more no, about the trajectory I, of the ball rather than my faith in Christian Benteke, although that probably did play a little bit of a factor. Um, yeah. Well, no, like, well I mean, it, Gus Poyer talked about it in comms. They was like, uh, Jamie Carragher, what in the analysis after said, I can't see where the ball is at the moment. And Poye said, because it's off the screen, because that's how ridiculously high the cross went. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, it, as I say, I don't, I don't think it's a great look on Benteke because you would sort of say at least at least, you know, get contact with it. But um, the, the build-up play to get there was good. Um, I, like you say, I did well to, to get the ball sort of 
parallel with the box and, and get it in. I just think he needed to sort of pass the ball rather than sort of smash it as hard as he did and never know what would have happened afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it was still it was still a tough chance anyway. Even if he'd gone on target, it would have been difficult to to score. And then it was also um, Andros Townsend with a, a volley that left Henderson stranded and just missed the far far upright in um, front of the homestyle. It was yeah, I thought it was in when he left his foot. When when the goalie stopped moving, I was like, oh, I see it. But you it you visualised that one, did you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, and then, no, I, did, I didn't visualise that one because it, I, it's Townsend, isn't it? It's, I was I was visualising it in the upper tier of the homes, though, if I'm honest. But um, and then late on, they didn't really they didn't really show it back that much, did they? They didn't draw any lines on the pitch to show if Patrick Van Arnold was offside, but it looked offside, didn't it? To why well, at least it did to me. Yeah, it was a it was a brilliant pass. I think it was Luke who put the mm. pass. It was um, a lovely pass. Yeah, and it's one of those where. We talked about how we much prefer obviously being at the ground to being on telly. It was one of those where, because of the angle of the camera, you couldn't see the run. You sort of see Luca pass it, and you don't know it's a brilliant pass until it becomes a brilliant pass. Um, and yet, to be honest, I, I was surprised he didn't score it, whether he would have been offside or not. And I think he probably would have been because PVA, funnily enough, is one of the few players when one on one, I'm like, like I back that, I back our player to score. Um, but the, the keeper did he come out pretty well and saved it with his feet. So yeah. um, credit him for that. But I would say it, was, it, it felt very similar to one he, the one he scored against Man United before in front of that end, and also um, against Hull in that four 0 all those years back. He yeah. scored a similar one to that. So I was surprised. But I mean, Dean Henderson is a he's a very good goalkeeper. It's going to be interesting to see if. Uh, um, De Gea can get his place back because he's apparently going to be out for several weeks for whatever reasons that is. So, um, yeah, uh, man of the match then. Uh, obviously, Albert doesn't know. Man of the match was whoever was hosting the Zoom meeting that he was having a party on, I guess. So The gin, the and, gin. The gin, and, the gin and the Rubicon was the man of the <laughs> yeah, match for me. It was, it was Mr. Gordon's. Um, it was a kind of an overwhelming consensus, really. I think uh, Heskey who man the match was. Yeah, I think Joel Ward seemed to be the the player that most people gave it to, um, which I have no issue with at all. I think I think Kiarty played well as well. Um, so I think if either of those two were given it, I think I think Chet got it on the telly. Yeah, yeah, um, Chet got the official award. Yeah, I, I think it, it, either of those two getting it is absolutely fine. Um, you know, Czech, Czech did a good job of sort of being as solid as he has been, but also coming out a few times and, and hassling higher up the pitch, which was good. Um, Wardy, you know, if he's keeping players like Rasha quiet, and I think Shaw was the player that, that got the ball, you know, a lot for them to, to get attacks going, and, and he kept him fairly quiet as well. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think Wardy was a, a very good performer yesterday too. Okay, so off the back of that, and now you can have a little time to think, Heskiff, it's going straight to Albert first. We've got three right-backs on the books. We've got Nathan Ferguson, who's obviously one for the future, and he's back on the training field in light training, and hopefully he won't break down again this time. And then we've got Joel Ward and Nathaniel Klein out of contract. Um, assuming Ferguson gets fit and is going to be the guy, who, who gets the contract out of the other two? Do you give it to Klein or Ward? 
Ah, oh, well, yeah, uh, listen, I, I I can't claim to. Obviously, I've not seen Nathan Ferguson play, uh, but obviously he's in contract, so he ain't going anywhere. Who do I give the contract at? Well, I guess. It, oh, that's such a hard question. It I think, is. Yeah, it really I think is. I think you have to go Joel Ward, don't you? Just that loyalty. Also, it will be... Versatility. Upon upon signing it, it would be testimonial year immediately. So, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't like to... I don't like to answer that question because I love Kleine. I think think he's come back and he's done really well. Um, But yeah, I think Joel Ward. I think Joel Ward probably earned it, you know. Okay, and Heskiff, what's your thoughts? It's very similar to Albert. I think it's a really tough question. And Sophie's choice. Yeah, Klein. Like on here, I was um, I was pretty skeptical when we when we signed him initially because I, I just thought it's all right in the sense that he's never going to play. But then he played. And also, if you think about it, we were all thinking what Zaha did to him in that Bournemouth game. Yeah, absolutely. And then the first couple of games he was in the team, he was a bit ropey, but then just got way better. And, you know, like we've debated about who's better going forward and who's better at the back and that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I... Oh, it's tough. I, I probably I probably inch towards giving it to Wardy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's... Uh, again, I'm just... I'm echoing both of you. It's, it's just... It's such, it's such a difficult choice. I don't know. I'm not going to pick... I'm not. I'm not going to pick because I don't. Fine, I love. Mate, I, I love Nathaniel Klein so much. Like loved him back in the day when he first broke through for us. Just he was just such a, a shining light in dark times. It was it was glorious to have him and just seeing him develop and then you know get a decent move and then go on to make a big move, start getting into England and all of that. And he's come back and he's done well. And it would it would be nice for him to finish his career with us, but. Um, Joel Wald has put in nine years worth of, you know, we signed him as a championship right back and somehow he's managed to pretty much exclusively, barring an 18-month gap, hold down the first team spot and um, even even playing defensive midfield a few times as well. Was it at the Etihad they put him in defensive midfield once? It was absolute, yeah, we only lost that game 1-0 as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, considering you're going into your testimonial year, you probably shouldn't be making judgments on things like that. But to rob him of a testimonial now would suck. And also, you know, a packed out seller, so it would be against Portsmouth, let's face it. And Portsmouth have great travelling support. Um, could be a good day out once we're all out of lockdown. Sun, sun shining over Sellhurst. Um, that bell fucking nice. ringing. Yeah. <laughs> smoke, smoke rising from Tasty Jerk. Oh, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. Albert sitting on the wall outside eating his tasty jerk whilst drinking a Rubicon. Yeah, forget the match. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, no, brilliant. And yeah, let's say we'll just we'll just sorry, I have a great great point. I think to go take four points from Manchester United this season is um, fantastic. Um only the second time in our history we've done that. 89-90 was the last time and the only other time we took four points from them in the season. Would have been nice to do the double. Um, I also saw a stat before that if Zaha would have gotten, could have played and scored, he would have been the only ex-Manchester United player ever to score against them home and away in the same season. But um, I did, uh, <laughs> I did, I did um, reply to that tweet saying, to be fair, he's got as much chance scoring injured from the stands as as the, the starting 11 have of scoring. <laughs> 
Carpenter in the game. And it turned out I was right. Uh, visualize that one, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Back of the Nest, sponsored by Pitch Sport. Fun time videos, choose your match day squad, post match ratings, and much more. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Anyway, right, let's move into Spurs now. It doesn't get much easier this weekend. Um, five straight wins in all competitions after they went through quite a blip. Um, you think all the way back to when we drew 1-1 at Sellers, where 2,000 of us were allowed in. And mm-hmm. do you remember the Hoybjerg interview where he was um, saying that it's everyone's cup final because oh. Spurs are top of the league? <laughs> Hasn't gone quite so well for them. But yeah, absolutely, I've started to turn it on a bit haven't they Heskiff I mean a win against Fulham tonight um, albeit uh, a bit of a controversial one um, five wins in a row three straight clean sheets going to be another tough weekend for us yeah it is uh, and, and I read a stat that with Man United and Top- Man United at home and Tottenham away are statistically our worst games uh, since we've come up we, we've had a point before yesterday, we had a point at home to Man United since we come up. We've only got one point away to Spurs. Which if I remember, it was the nil-nil where Yala did that rascal bit of skill. Yeah. Uh, which is what I remember from that game. And Lloris doing his usual, like, best goalkeeper in the history of football uh, against us. So it's not, a, it's not a game that I would normally look forward to. I mean, memories of the 4-0 at their new ground sort of loom pretty large. Um. And it's not great to hear that they're getting a bit better defensively when they're coming up against us. Hopefully, you know, listen, we might we might even get two or three shots on goal. Um, I'll take that as a win, I think, if we manage to get three shots on target on Sunday. Um, yeah, so going through their their strengths, their strengths are unsurprisingly finishing scoring chances, counter-attacks, and creating chances through individual skill, which pretty much sums up their front three, really. Um, and Adding Bow into that recently as sort of, rediscovered his form just in time to play us which is which is ideal but um albert protecting the leads one of our weaknesses so um can't let our heads get down if we concede the first goal particularly considering the one one draw at Sellers. yeah i mean apart from the the uh the recent little purple patch they've been on certainly defensively you know they 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 do ship goals um that's always been it's always been a, a problem for them even when like Mourinho first came in you know he, he sort of picked up their performances but they were still they were still like you know maybe three nil up at half time but still then seeing a game out three two so there's definitely a bit of softness at the back there that 
a potent strike force could take advantage of, but therein lies the problem for us. Yeah, well, exactly. So let's let's touch on that now. Um, I saw a great tweet from, I think it was Crystal Palace DC, uh, saying, um, when's Mateta's suspension over for scoring? <laughs> and and I said it would be funny if it wasn't true. Um, Albert, he's he's got to be baffled, right? He, he scores in his only start, and now he's been left out for two games, can't even get 10 minutes at the end. Yeah, and... I putting on the neutral sort of Roy defensive tin hat. We, you know, we don't know what goes on in training. Maybe he's got a little, little niggle and they're trying to protect him. Um, but you know, that doesn't seem to be the case. Um, and it's baffling really. Listen, you know, Ben, Ben Teke scored an absolute peach of a goal, but so did Mateta. And you sort of think that at least, okay, you can, you can argue the toss over who should start. Um, but again, you'd think he'd you'd think he'd get ten minutes at the end if we were you know still looking to nick a goal just to just to change it up. And again, we've seen what he's capable of. Um, hopefully, he gets a chance. What does it Spurs. What does it tell What does it tell you about what Hodgson thinks about him? Is it do you think it's a case of he just doesn't trust him yet enough to do all of the bits defensively and off the ball and defending from the front of Benteke does? Yeah, well, he came out and said it, didn't he? Essentially, you know, um, before before the United game, that you know he, he feels that Benteke was just more defensively, and, and Mateta's not there. And you know, if, like I get it, you know, Benteke's qualities and in our own area are are important, but you know, we should be the, the fact that we're having to rely on that on, on you know to to argue the toss about who starts up front again, is a bit of a damning indictment to the sort of general state of our, you know, our approach and, and how, how we, how we want to set our stall out defending things like set pieces. Um, when you're, when you're literally choosing your striker over who's going to protect your goal more, I mean, I'm not going to say it's anti-football, but it's, 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 <laughs> it's just a bit baffling. And sure, yeah, again, surely, surely Mateta's earned, earned the right, to at least at least get half an hour or a start, you know, um, it's 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 baffling. Mm. Now, Heskiff, we've had um, <laughs> more, we've got more points in the last three games than we've had shots on target. Five points to four shots on target, um, and I think I, I'm I'm loving what Albert, how Albert's put it there in terms of saying the fact that we're talking about how we defend. <laughs> through what strike we're playing is is um, is a damn indictment indeed. But there has been an element, and Cahill has talked about in those interviews, that we need to get back to basics in defending. And, you know, he talks about it um, after the Brighton game, putting bodies on the line. And now we've kept two clean sheets on the bounce. We've kept five this calendar year. So we're starting to pick those up and get back into that basics. So is it a case of you hope he's just re- resetting the foundation keep the clean sheets and then he'll start to try and build on that over the next coming games, especially once we get past Spurs and into a couple of more winnable games, I guess. Um, I say that I only know the fixed draft as West Brom because I actually looked it up this week, but could be Man City the week after that fall, I know. But, I mean, you, um... you, would hope, you would hope that it is. Like, obviously, we do need to be better defensively and, and our thing last year, and I mean, under Roy altogether really is that we were hard hard to beat didn't let him any goals and sort of nicked, nicked a goal ourselves 
But the thing is, you know, against Fulham, I mean, the Fulham performance was was awful. Main night performance was better. But, you know, the last 15, 20 minutes, I would, you would just think, look, really, what have you got to lose? You know, all right, if Main United go up the other end and score, that's a point. Arguably, we're safe anyway. And it's Man United who are really good at, as an away team. Do you just think if you just put Matera on, it's different to Benteke. So it gives them something else to think about. You know, would, would you know would Harry Maguire, who I think is vastly overrated anyway, would he be able to deal with someone quick and, and rangy? You know, especially if he's been playing, you know, 70, 75 minutes. It's worth chucking him on, you know. I think if you're if you're happy to put Schluppy on, and we know that Roy loves Jeff, and Jeff knows how Roy wants to play, so I get it. If you're happy to put him on and he's been out for like two months, surely you would want to put on a, a fit Mateta who was double nutmegged, you know, for his first goal. So, yeah, going back to basics is, is fine. And there's a lot I like about us keeping clean sheets, obviously, but I like even better when we keep a clean sheet and score. So I would like yesterday, and I don't even think it's in hindsight because I think people probably said it at the time, I don't think anyone would have been unhappy if Mateta had come on, even if at the end, right, they nick a goal at the end. At least we've sort of gone gone for it a little bit. Um, and I think you can have a, a solid defence whilst at the same time not relying on your centre forward to be your best defender. Yeah, but it's, what's also bizarre about just reading in-game is that it never looked, main outlet, they didn't look like they were threatening. It wasn't like they were hammering and getting corner after corner against us or anything like that. You know, these all like, um, we do, they just weren't putting us under that sort of pressure. It was, it, it, they were making mistakes. They just didn't really seem on it. So it just seemed like you, you make those decisions in game. And I think the decision in game should have been to switch Benteke off and um, get Mateta some time just because, it, just for, his mental state, he must be sitting on, I just can't believe what he must be thinking sitting on that bench. I mean, I've given up speculating on what Batshuayi is thinking on that bench because, I mean, goodness gracious me. <laughs> even even to just preserve Benteke a bit, you know, I, I, I like Benteke. I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not upset when I see him starting on the, on the team sheet, Um, you know, and he's, he's getting a run of games in, you know, in the team. So, but you sort of think, all right, regardless of, who we're talking about bringing on, you know, just to, just to give Benteke a, a break. Cause he, he, he isn't the same in terms of sharpness. And, you know, when he, I mean, it feels like 10 years ago now when he scored those 15 goals, you know, he's, he's not the same player since those injuries in terms of his, his sharpness. You sort of think, you know, that's, that's only more fuel for the fire to, you know, I'll let, you know, bring him off with 20 minutes to go, let him recoup because he might be, he's probably going to start against Spurs at the weekend. Hmm. Don't know. Maybe just Hodgson just sees him as John Felipe Sorlot or something. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem in training. He's just having a mare. But you know what? That's the thing, though. I've heard interviews like Andros. I think after the Brighton game was like they asked him about Mateta's goal, and he was like, "Yeah, we've seen what he's like in training. Like he, he scores goals from everywhere. He's un- like got unbelievable skill, great finisher, scores from outside the box, close range." And it's like, well. I mean, so he is doing it in training then. So he should he should also like be picked on the basis of training. Um but I guess Roy knows best. <laughs> yeah, well. What is it? Eleven eleven games eleven games left. Um 
so as, as I say, the, ne- the next one after is West Brom. So look, looking ahead, you got to think we only need two or may- maybe as little as one more point really to stay up this season now. I mean, but we do have a a sort of set, I'd call a semi-difficult run in. So we go West Brom, Everton away, Chelsea at home, Southampton away, Leicester away, Man City, Sheffield United, Villa, Arsenal, Liverpool. So still some tough games in there. Uh, me and Heskiff before recording was joking about how uh, when do we play Liverpool because they can't win for love nor money at the moment but of course it's the furthest point possible away uh, so they will undoubtedly have uh, rediscovered some sort of form by then but um, yeah so it's what we one two three four five six so 11, 11 games left of Roy um, Albert do you see this season any Anyway, yeah. Do you, do you see him getting a new contract? Uh, Clinton Morrison very much so said on Sky that he can't see it happening. He thinks Roy stays at the end of the season and then goes to, goes to another club, um, takes another job. Uh, I mean, in, if Eddie Howe has been apparently tapped up for the Celtic job now, so if that was the plan, that's gone out the window. Um, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I hadn't... I, I, it was only until uh, I watched the Clinton Morrison clip on Twitter today of him explaining the, the scenario, and it's only when when he sort of spells it out, it, beca- it, beca- it, it feels more obvious and it feels more abundantly clear that it is it is heading towards you know Roy just you know saying farewell at the end of the season, you know, with all the with all the other players that are, are out of contract, it feels it feels too. I know we I know we like to question the motives of the club and and whatever and, and you know who who knows what this new board member board member has has plans for but it it feels too it feels too lax and too um unorganized for us to you know be with this oh there's 11 players out of contract and the manager's out of contract and and that kind of not be like intentional i get you listen I, I, and again i think clinton said it he expects three or four of those on that list to resign, I'd almost go a couple more and think I wouldn't be surprised if half of them stay. Um, but it it does feel like that we're we're gearing towards some sort of sea change in terms of freshening up the squad. And you know, is it a stretch too far to to chuck a fresh manager into that mix as well? Or you know, it seems more sensible for me that you know you do it you do it with someone that's going to come in with a new vision, a new direction, and and, may, and maybe has got players in mind of who he wants and who he wants to sign um so yeah i i i, I can't see roy sign, getting another deal whether he'd sign it or not is a completely other topic yeah. but yeah I, but it just it doesn't seem to we, we've talked about wanting to bring the average age of the squad down and you've got 11 players out of contract and you know roy is going to want to bring in experienced premier league players and it's just not the direction of the club anymore so it it just seems yeah just more and more as we get towards it um it seems like a natural part in a ways at the end of the season um and let's say hopefully we can just continue to point with some decent performances between now and then and we can all have fond memories of Roy and just see this as a little you know this last year is a bit of a blip in what was otherwise a wholly successful period as manager and coming did what he did um, at the start could could end up giving us our record points total in a season still and uh, we already has that record anyway to himself and um yeah, hopefully we can all look back on with, with a smile on our face as opposed to a miserable one. But we'll we'll end it with um, Heskiff. How how were your manscaped balls when Clinton Morrison said "my club" in referring to Crystal Palace? They were warm, <laughs> warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy. 
discount code BOTN. <laughs> Indeed. Right. Um, predictions. Start with you, Albert. Ooh. Uh, two, one to the Spurs. And Heskiff. I'm going to go 2 0 to Spurs, but we'll have three shots on target. Oh, bold. Um, I watched Spurs against Burnley the other day at home, and they seem to have taken on a different sort of philosophy at home. And they come out all guns blazing against Burnley and really put them to the sword early. And uh, I hope they don't do that to us. But I can see that that's going to be their approach between now and the end of the season because they haven't got much to lose. So. It'll be get through getting through the first twenty minutes if we want to get anything out of the game, and then hopefully we can either pinch a draw or win. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think three or I think it's gonna be three or four nil Spurs, unfortunately, um, which is not very often. I predict us to get spanked, but there you go. I, th- I think it's gonna be a little bit too much for us, but hopefully not. Um, right, believe it or not, lads, there's no midweek games next week, so we just have a regular preview pod. Of talking about the West Brom game next week so um yeah thanks for thanks for the last few weeks of talking about all the matches that we have played bit a bit, bit of a different vibe for us um Albert didn't even have to watch him it's quality <laughs> what a fine selection of results we we had to to pick the bones out of you know oh dear what do we have to keep doing it <laughs> well listen <laughs> I, I I certainly don't like looking back at, at bad results against you know Leeds. I don't think I even did that one to be honest. But um, you know it's it's not it's nice. To, I mean I've, I have just predicted a loss, but it's you know it's nice to sit here and go you know dream of what could be and the you know the the, the amazing performance that we might put in rather than have to sit and reflect on the shite performances that we have put in. You know, so. <laughs> True. I'll, I'm I'm much more comfortable well, in, in the preview zone. Yeah, exactly. Look, the match report will likely be out late Monday night. Um, definitely ready for your inboxes on Tuesday morning because I think the game kicks off at 7.15 on Sunday, doesn't it? It's a, it's a late one. What? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so that that will be happening then. Hambo and the team listen out for that one. And then we'll be back probably in your inboxes for Thursday next week talking about Big Fat Sam. Up up against big old Sam Allardyce. He wasn't there, was didn't we beat Billich five one? He wasn't there when last time round. Okay, yeah. he wasn't. So that's their their results are getting tighter and tighter. They've lost. They lose one nil tonight or last night. Did, so yeah. Um, yeah, so they're getting a bit bit tougher to break down as you expect. But it's all going to be a bit too late for Allardyce, isn't it? I think I think that they're, they're in big trouble. They're certainly going to need to beat us if um, they want any chance and. I mean, Do you think he'll mysteriously it? vanish before they get relegated? One and claim that it's nothing to do with him. Yeah, I think there might be a chance. I don't. I mean, I don't think he'll do that this time. I, I, I think he, his excuse will just be it was a complete lost cause. I mean, I, it was more than I could survive. I don't think he needs to. I think if he can't help them survive, no one's going to see that as a reflection on him. It's a reflection on the underinvestment in their squad. And you know, it seems like some teams, our Norwich, have done it. They they seem to take a promotion and accept the relegation just to get the cash flow into the club and 
you know, if they can survive with the players they've got, then great. If not, go down financially stronger and come back at another crack at it in the following season. And that seems to be working out for Norwich at the moment. But um, then the, the, the but I, I, as what I was getting at is that you can see a natural, um, could it be Roy Hodgson going back to the baggies next season as he's contracts out? And there's our, there are rumours that they approached us for Hodgson when they put Allardyce in. So who knows? Who knows? That's that's could be where it all ends up at the end of the season. But we'll be back next Thursday, as I say. Until then, up the Palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.